I'm Jessica Lowe, and I'm a realtor. And I'm Jamie Knight, a mortgage loan advisor. We've been friends for years, and we're here to talk about all things real estate. Buying, selling, and maintaining your most valuable asset. Follow us to stay up to date on homeownership, tips, and market trends. You're at home with Jessica and Jamie. Hi, everyone, and welcome back. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, yes, yes, welcome back. So <laughs> you can see I wasn't quite ready for that, and we're recording, so that's wonderful. You know what, guess what? What's up? Yeah, welcome back. So kids are back in school. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> so excited. Did you do anything to celebrate? Um, I mean, I worked. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's one way. I haven't had much time to celebrate, but it's... Did you cry? No. I mean, honestly, no. <laughs> I could lie and be like, I was devastated. But no, I mean, it's, it's, it's always an exciting time. Yeah. It's joyful. Kids are excited. They were ready. Parent, oh, totally they ready. Were so ready. I think I was a little bit emotional because it was um, kindergarten last year with Ryder. We didn't get to walk in. It was virtual, taking pictures, and then they got to go in, but we couldn't go in and yeah. Do well, that's anything. how it is this so year with Rosemary. It's it kindergarten, was, and you just drop her at the door. Oh, see, we got to walk in the first two days. Today ah. was the first day I couldn't, so I actually walked in and got pictures. I'm like, this is so weird. I took a picture of her. I'm like, this is what it would have been like last year. So, but I didn't yeah. have time to get emotional because, like you said, it was back got to things work to do, yes, <laughs> things to do, places to go. So that being said, kids are back in school. We have a little bit of life without working with kids around. Anyway, um, so last week, not last week, what am I talking about? On the last episode, excuse me, we talked about creating a winning contract, the pre-approvals and all that. So kind of being that buyer. Um, but, you know, something we kind of talked about or we maybe hit home about, but let's circle back on our surveys. Yes. So there's, surveys is a big thing. There's always a lot of questions regarding boundary surveys and what it is and what does it tell me? Why do I need it? So let's start with that first one. What is that boundary survey? Take it away, Jessica. So a full <laughs> boundary survey is when a, um, a surveyor um, comes out to the property, locates the corner markers, which could be um, an iron rod that's drilled down into the ground. It could be um, a stamp or a mark on concrete or asphalt. Um, there's different ways that, you know, of survey markers. And then they flag them, um, create kind of like a, a map um, of your property and the adjoining properties with measurements of um, you know, each side, you know, how long it is. I mean, down to like a fraction of a foot, um, actually a fraction of an inch. And um, also kind of locates exactly where your house sits, where the driveway sits, if there's any pools, sheds, um, permanent landscaping, like retaining walls, um, just to make sure that there are no encroachments. Um, it will also lay out any utility easements that happen to you know, be part of that property. Um, so that's, it's kind of what we call knowing what you own. You need to know what you own versus, well, the neighbor mows to that spot. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I assume, you know, from that line on is mine. <laughs> well, <laughs> you hit a lot of things of, you know, what it is, but why it's so important. Just talking about 
because of knowing what utilities might be on the ground mm -hmm. and where they're located, especially if you decide you want to put in a fence or you want to put something in, you got to know your boundaries. Let me ask you this then. Um, so as a buyer, who's responsible for getting that survey? Buyer is typically responsible for ordering the survey. Um, there are different things that you can order. There's um, something called a surveyor's real property report. Um, and a lot of people will kind of lean towards that because it's less expensive than a full boundary survey, but it really doesn't tell you much. I was just going to say, what's the difference? Because um, it, it kind of says a real, which makes it sound like it's right. really going to give you everything. But, but um, yeah, but it actually doesn't even have the word survey in it. It oh. says surveyor's um, property report. So... If that basically says what's supposed to be there. So they'll use the plot map oh, okay. and they will kind of, you know, make a, a copy or their own rendition of the plot map that shows where your boundaries should be, where your house should be, um, but not what's actually there. And that could cause trouble down the road. Well, yeah, because let's say the neighbors, um, you know, put in a new driveway and they scooted it over about you know a foot or two, and now the edge of it is in your yard. That would not be on the surveyor's real property report, but it would be found on a real boundary survey. Um, and also, you know, those easements. Um, a lot of people right now, I mean, there is a two-year waiting list to put in a pool. So if you're buying a property that's got this awesome flat backyard, nice and private, perfect for a pool, um, and you don't get that boundary survey as part of the transaction later on it's like oh you know utility company has you know sewer lines or buried electric or whatever it is we can't dig here so your dreams of having a pool are gone so you really need to have that that boundary survey oh my gosh my heart just sank <laughs> just do you remember when i bought mine <laughs> did, did i do that I oh mean, that gosh, was, I'm, I, I'm thinking, I I'm like, that was years ago. And I, I know, so years ago, I know I put you on the spot, but all of a sudden my heart was just like, oh my gosh, yeah. I wasn't dreaming of a pool. I mean, maybe, but I did think, I guarantee I wasn't thinking that way when getting it, when buying it. And I was that one that, well, what's going to, it's not going to cost a lot to save money. And I know I was like that, but in the end, I shouldn't have been like that mm -hmm. because it, it protects me. In the long run, you never know what changes are going to happen or what you want to do down the road, right. and it's a, such a huge investment. No, it, it, it's all it's know everything. So that is definitely good information to know. What happens? You get it. Come to find out, the neighbor is encroaching. Yes, encroaching, and then you've got all these, and then you think to yourself, well, how has that happened? Shouldn't this have already been? You know, mm -hmm. surveyed before. Shouldn't this already be? What? How does that happen when you're in the middle of buying, knowing that this neighbor? I mean, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I don't want to tell this neighbor, hey, your fence is like two feet into my yard, and I want all that yard. Well, here's the glory of as a buyer doing this during the process. It's not for you to resolve. You alert the listing agent and the seller of like, hey, there is a survey issue. They need to resolve it because they currently own the home. So oh, if that is such good news. And again, it's to protect our buyers. Yes. We don't want you to buy a house that has 
title or survey issues. Um, so that's part of, you know, think of it as an inspection. You need to know. Yes. Um, are there, what is something, you know, as a buyer, let's say, I mean, I guess we've hit all those if, if they don't do it. Um, is there another advantage or anything else to doing it? Is it something that I guess is out of pocket up front, the cost? Um, it's part of your closing costs. Okay, so it can be part of the closing costs. So it's you got a little bit of time. Mm -hmm. um, is there any other surveys or anything else if you're buying a certain kind of property or anything else that maybe a buyer should think about um, or ask about? Ask their realtor if, if their realtor hasn't brought this to their attention. They now know to ask. Ask for that full mamma jamma, not just that yeah, I mean, if you're in a subdivision, a plan development, um, another good thing to ask is a copy of the subdivision indentures and bylaws. Um, let's say you and your family, they, you know, vacation a lot. We've got an RV. We would really like to keep it on the property. Mm -hmm. There could be a law against storing those on the property with the subdivision indentures. Again, that's something that you need to know. Yes. Um, there is actually a writer to the contract that you could always add on um, that the contract is contingent on buyer's review of the bylaws and indentures. Um, but even if you don't make that part of the contract, you can still ask for it. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it definitely does because I didn't realize we had um, our boat at one time and we just pulled it out. It was in storage, but when mm -hmm. we moved, and pulled it in front of the house, but it was like on a weekend, and we were trying to just get it cleaned up, and then we were going to take it, but apparently it didn't move fast enough. Yeah, and then the neighbors start. And we got a letter mm -hmm. from, actually, the local police station. I call and, those nasty grams. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, we were new, you yeah. know? And so I will be very honest, Jessica, um, we had those you know, bylaws and all of that, but I this but I did not read those um, clearly because the last thing I'd want is a letter from the police department saying hey you know there's been complaints and to me I was thinking to myself why, why didn't the neighbors just tell us why didn't you know and yeah neighbors are awkward about that and you know I'm on that next door app I don't know if you're yes. familiar if yes. our listeners are familiar with next door but I there, this post, I mean, it, different people write it. It's essentially the same thing of my neighbors called the police on me for something like that. I had yeah. my boat outside. My dog got out, you yeah. know, and it's like, no, it's not the neighborly thing, but people hate confrontations. Yes. So I, they'd much rather have the police or the honest. HOA president or somebody else do their bidding for them. So that's why that happens. And I get it. It was just, it was so just so like, you know, and they probably thought we knew and we should know better. Yeah. But well, I, they're you know, making sure that you know now. I, I sure do. I was like, man, couldn't they just write a sticky note? Hey, you know, this is part of our bylaw. That could still be anonymous. But I get it. It was just like one of those, oh, welcome to the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. All right. So, yes, definitely. Great point to bring up. Um, it's a lot of good points. The, the survey and then getting those bylaws so you know and another tip read them <laughs> read 
need <laughs> them because if you do, like Jessica said, if you do have that RV or if you have a camper and it, you know there's certain things that can't fit in your garage or it can't be out or a work van. Yeah, and it, a lot of times I mean, there's issues with your trash cans. Yes. Yes. That's another big one. Yes, we yes, we found that out too. Where they need to be stored <laughs> and what days they can be out and how you know, can you put them out the night before trash day? Some subdivisions do not allow putting out the night before trash day. And, and I will tell you this, if you don't read those, you can't necessarily just see what's happening in your neighborhood because again, we followed suit. We saw some things happening and we did that too and nope, there there was we didn't get the letter this time, but a neighbor got the letter, and we're like, okay, can't do that either. So, I mean, there's so <laughs> many. You don't realize you're not just buying the home and the land and the area that it sits on. It's the neighborhood in which your home is in mm -hmm. and what is required, you know. Or, like, right now, I don't know about you, but homeowners associations, you know, how much is that? Can that change on you? Things could have changed. Ours just came up. Ours has changed. You know, it's, you know, there's signs up, they're due, and, you know, it's, you've got to know these things because you're buying more than just a home. And I recommend at least, you know, your first year in your home, go attend an HOA meeting. You don't have to be on the board. You don't have to get super involved if you don't want to. I understand we're all busy, but at least go and hear what's being talked about. Um, are there is there any pending like litigation against one of your neighbors? Are they thinking about upping your yearly um, dues? Mm -hmm. um, are we discussing changes to those bylaws? Has something come up that you know I would like to at least put my opinion on? Yeah. Um, so yeah, you don't have to be super involved, but at least go to a couple HOA meetings just so you know what's going on. I mean, it, it is your neighborhood. Yeah. Well, you know, and that's something, too, especially if you live in townhomes or condominiums. Mm -hmm. You know, you get a letter that says, hey, we're putting on new roofs and you're going to owe X amount of dollars. And you didn't know that. Well, guarantee it was talked about. You Absolutely. Know? So it's one of those you want to be informed. And then because it's too late when you get the letter that it's happening, mm -hmm. that the decision has been made. You know, you can't fight anything then if they say, hey, this is what's going to be talked about. Well, and let me segue a little bit into that since we're yes. talking about townhomes and condos. Yeah. Part of the purchase process is that the buyer is entitled to what we call a resale certificate. And the buyer has five days after receipt of that resale certificate to essentially back away from the contract if you see anything that you don't like. Like let's say the HOA does not have very much money in, re in a reserve fund. Mm -hmm. Or if there is, you know, a pending lawsuit, or if they are getting ready to vote on, um, you know, a special assessment, which means an additional monthly yeah. HOA fee. Um, there's a lot of things that can happen. So when your agent forwards those to you, read it, because the clock is ticking. And to say that you didn't know or you weren't aware that you didn't read it, I mean, it's no excuse. You're tied into it once you yeah. close. And that means that you agree to paying these special assessments. When do you, in the process, when do you get those? You know, it, it really depends on the HOA, you know, whoever the management company is, of how quickly they can get those turned around. Um, so typically how the process goes is that um, a seller puts their condo, townhouse, mm -hmm. villa, 
on the market. They get an offer that's accepted. Um, that seller should almost immediately go ahead and order that um, resale cert. Okay. Um, kind of like how the buyer is going to immediately schedule inspections. You need to go ahead and get that resale cert. Sometimes it takes these management companies a couple weeks to get them out. Oh, yeah. So time really is of the essence. So if they basically get there in crunch time, like right at closing, let's say, does that mean then once they receive it, even if it closes, they still have time to... I have not seen a resale cert come that late okay. in the game. Okay. Um, well, if Right, I mean, I would say if we're, you know... A couple weeks has gone by, and the buyer's agent has not gotten a copy of the of the resale cert. Mm -hmm. Then that buyer's agent needs to be, you know, on the horse of like calling the listing agent, calling the management company. Has this been ordered? Do we need to extend closing? Yeah, that would be my what I would do. Um, if we can't get it in a reasonable amount of time, well, then we're gonna we're gonna push closing out. Okay. This and again, that's a protection agreed. to the buyer. Absolutely. I'm not going to have them close blind to this stuff. Because once you close, you've got to say, okay, mm -hmm. all of that. Once it's yours, it's yours. Okay. All of it. So it's not like after you close, you get a, a window of, no, okay, no. I'm going to, ah. So no, it no. It's part of the contract to close process. There you go. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's, a lot. that's you know, again, goes back to. Trusting who you're working with mm -hmm. so that they know and they can protect you. Um, and again, if, if it's something that you hear friends or family are starting to do, then share a good realtor or share this podcast. <laughs> I'll do a little plug there. Um, just because we're trying to give you this information. Um, any last notes on then just like wrapping that up? Well, I mean, I, I kind of have like a real world situation and it's actually a property that I purchased a few years ago. Oh, you know, I love those. Go ahead. I love a real world situation. Yes, absolutely. So um, purchased this house, big backyard, about a third of an acre, about the size that I have now. Um, we had a boundary survey done and the neighbor to the rear, so like the backyard neighbor, uh -huh. um, you know, there's a fence between us. Yes. So his backyard abuts to my backyard. And hit the fence, it was his fence because you can see that his backyard perimeter is all the same fencing. So yes. that's his fence. Was pushed on one side 16, on the other side 18 feet into my yard. That's, that's a huge encroachment. a lot. A lot. It's not like, oh, he's over by a foot. I, I was like... Oh. Talk about 16 inches, 18 inches. <laughs> Feet. Wow. It was a huge strip of, of land that That's he essentially claimed. So, um, so what happened through that process is that we, um, well, this my seller. Yeah. I didn't own the property yet. Um, seller had to put that backyard neighbor on notice. Um, the title company constructed what was called a license agreement. Um, granting him rights to use and maintain that strip of land until I deemed, once I became the owner of the property, to revoke that license. So essentially what that means is this is fine here for now. 
but I'm going to install a new fence and I'm going to put it on the line. So, but then, but that's money for you. I mean, what if you don't want to put in the fence? What if you, can you say, no, I want you to move your mm -hmm. fence back? Yes, and then the seller and the neighbor would have to figure that out. I mean, if I wanted to be really hard-nosed about it, I could have said we're not closing until that fence is moved, and then the seller could potentially have had the opportunity and the expense of moving the rear portion of the fence or re you know, re replacing it or simply removing it and not having a fence at all. But at the time, I had a dog, so I really wanted a fence there. Um, oh, okay. And the sides of my property had old wooden fences uh -huh. that, like, eh, this needs to go. So I knew that within a year or so that I would be replacing that fence. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, of course, you know, once I moved in, I introduced myself to the neighbor. So sorry about the survey issue. Um, when I start having fence companies come out, would you like to you know, meet with them as well, and we can kind of agree on fencing style and size and height. And, you know, I wanted him to be part of the process, yeah. you know. How did they accept that? It was great. He actually um, took all of his fencing out, and we had, I enclosed my fencing with this, it was um, like aluminum fence that looked like the black, like wrought iron. Yeah. It was beautiful. And he did the same thing for his entire yard. So then did you guys share like. We split the expense of the, and you know, the contractor easily did that. So I paid for my two sides uh -huh. and half of the back, and then my backyard neighbor paid for half of the back and his two sides. Oh, wow. Did he have any kids? He told me, and of course, this is, you know, I, I don't know, whatever, <laughs> but he says, I thought that was common ground. And I'm like, but still, you can't claim common, common ground. ground. That belongs, that would belong to. The neighborhood or the yeah. subdivision or the city or whatever you know whoever yeah. owns it like you can't claim common ground and fence it in and take it but it was probably been there for so long and no one yeah. no one knew no one knew probably here's the thing going back to what you just talked about you don't know and so you could i mean for people that have been living there before maybe they would have loved having that extra space right I mean, that's a lot it's a lot of space. Um, so, I, you know, that's the thing is I just wonder sometimes if sellers who didn't do that, mm -hmm. they go to sell, a new buyer comes in and say, you know, they say, okay, I want to do this. And then they sit there and think, oh, my gosh, that's so funny. That was awesome. You know, I just mm -hmm. wonder if it's like, yeah. well, that goes to show that next home, you better do this. Yeah. So that, you know, and I have, um, speaking of pools, so I have an agent um, at my office who I mentor and she had a survey issue where there was an existing pool and Amron UE has a easement running right through it. And so nobody knows how this pool was even able to be constructed. There's nothing there. I don't think there's any yeah. lines there, but the easement still exists. So, oh. yeah. So, so now it's, oh, so you have to, and this is a long process, but you have to basically petition Amarin to remove the easement. And that's a long process. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. So what happens until then? It just There's a few options. You you know, the the buyer could take it as is and say, Okay, we'll deal with this. Um, 
you can delay closing, you can terminate. Um, those are really your only options. You can't do anything quick with that kind of situation. So at some point, if they don't get the position, would, they have, would the school have to be like filled in? Um, so what would happen is that let's say Amron decides that they want to use that strip of ground for yeah, something. For um, they have the right to do whatever it takes to access it. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 So, well, let's say, take for instance, the strip of ground between the sidewalk and the street. Yes. Um, that's not owned by the homeowner, as you usually own from the sidewalk in towards your house. Correct. But, you know, obviously, you're not going to let it grow up with weeds it's yeah. your responsibility to maintain it well if you want to put you know a lot of people put plantings and shrubbery and stuff there instead of just grass and you can but do be prepared that if the city needs to do maintenance or if there is like a utility running alongside the road you know like a sewer main yeah. or something like that um they have every right to dig up your stuff and they don't have to replace it then. they'll put down some grass seed and straw as pretty as what you might have put down. So you're gonna have to buy some new mums and whatever <laughs> else you got in there. So, you know, it's just things to think about. It's like, no, it's not impossible. And yes, you can't like, let's say there's a utility easement in the back of your property and you wanna put a shed up there. Fine, do it. However, be prepared that they can legally move your shed. Just know there's potential To get something. to whatever is underneath there. Oh my gosh. Know your easements. My goodness. Um, gosh, I learned a lot. <laughs> Good. There's different things that, I mean, every time, it's so funny. I'm always still learning. And I think it's with everything, though. You're always learning. Mm -hmm. You know, there's always something new to learn or changes or laws and stuff that happens. Um, so it's good to always know, especially when you're a homeowner. Um, which kind of leads me into an upcoming holiday, Labor Day. It's actually on September 6th. So wishing all of you. Happy Labor Day, and thank you to all those that, you know, way back when, when this started, but all those that, you know, is, is it the laborers? Um, but, you know, it's turned into kind of, like I was reading how it's just kind of morphed away from what it was initially mm -hmm. meant to be about to where now it's just another gathering of friends and family. So Celebrating the end of summer, celebrating yeah. the back to school. That's what they say. They say it's kind of turned and morphed from what it started as to now at the end of summer. So, you know, be sure to look out. There are parades happening. You know, I was looking, there's stuff happening here in St. Louis. Um, there's a festival in Kirkwood. Yeah, the Green Tree Festival, yeah. The Green Tree Festival happening in Kirkwood. So check your local area, because um, I was looking in many states that we serve, that we're licensed in, and there's parades happening. So there may be something. Um, so venture out, or maybe you're just gonna gather with close friends and family, and make those fun special recipes lots of recipes out there i was even looking at um all the different sites that have i mean labor day recipes it's so funny each <laughs> holiday has their own recipes well there's always like certain foods that you associate with certain holidays yes, absolutely um so it's just, it was just fun looking at that i'm like labor day recipes yep all these sites have all these different ones you can make so I, I think of that um was it that buffalo chicken dip i feel like that's always at the 
Labor Day parties and stuff. Have you had this stuff? Yes, but see, I, I associate that with fall and football. Oh, really? Yes, because I think that's when I first, you know. So what do you associate with Labor Day? Um, well, it's been the Labor Day parade here in St. Louis. Oh, I was, I was thinking food. You know, I'm oh, food-minded, oh, yeah, food. right? <laughs> you know, I am so – barbecue still. Of I course. It, it's always just a barbecue thing um, for me and just whatever it may take us. Um, yeah, I, I'm really, <laughs> I'm really locate, but I always like when other people are so festive and they bring stuff that, you know, like mimics the holiday, whether it's, you know, a Christmas tree that, you know, but it's with vegetables in the shape of a tree or the flag. <laughs> That's awfully creative. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so cute. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. All right. No. Yeah. I'll bring that semi homemade something yeah, i'm gonna run my schnucks i'll pick some up <laughs> <laughs> you mean like the muffins this morning yes <laughs> you still haven't had yet um, all right so yeah so enjoy so wishing you all which actually then right after that is fall september 22nd is actually the beginning of fall i mean it's knocking on the door i mean yes. fall I mean, is pretty much here with a hundred degree right? weather outside where you're sweating and dripping the humidity is awful but my gosh. But I'm, I'm thinking so- about my fall boots. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny to see all the clothes and people pushing all this with fall because you're getting ready for it. I'm and- seeing Halloween candy in the stores. Oh, I got a thing for my sister. So what are you guys going to be for Halloween this year? I'm like, oh, my gosh. I, I don't know. We're going to dress in bikinis. Right. It's like I would not wear, but <laughs> it's like that's what I'm thinking of when you step outside. I mean, I'm in long pants. I mean, literally, it's 100 degrees today. Yes. It's crazy. Picking yeah. up the kids from school yesterday in jeans, and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm sweating. This, You know, you're, everything's sweating in places you don't want it to sweat. <laughs> and I'm looking at people, yes, I worked inside. That's why I don't have shorts on. I'm not crazy. Um, but anyway, so as we think about that and think about the fall clothing, what do you do for your home? So I think this is where we'll segue into kind of fine fall home maintenance. So getting your home prepared for fall. Um, and just kind of our tips. So I think this we can just roll yeah. that all into yeah. one. So one that I was, what stood out to me, you know, there's many guys. You, you know, there's several things on online. But again, reach out to us. We can share different things too. But the one that really stuck out to me is checking for drafts. Um, I thought that was so cool. Like, you know, I, you could stand there, but maybe you don't really see it. So it's one of those, they said, for windows, if you want to check if there's a draft, because that can cause your bills uh, to go up astronomically. So um, checking for those drafts. So take a piece of paper, shut your window. If you can pull it out easily, you need to, you need to check on weather stripping, caulking, something to help protect you, or you're going to see a massive bill um, come around for that. So that's just mm-hmm. something, a little trick of that piece of paper. So yeah, clo- close the paper in the window. Yeah, if it, try if to it pull doesn't it out. pull out easily, you're good. If it slides right on out, you might want to talk yeah. to someone. <laughs> that means a lot of air is getting through there. Yes, a lot. Jessica, what do you have? Ah, so I was uh, looking at some things here. Um, I, I do think, obviously, this time of year, Labor Day, um, check your carbon monoxide detectors, yes. check your smoke yes. detectors. And one more thing that is not on those lists is to check your GFCIs. Um, 
those outlets that are outside, that are in your bathrooms, that are in your kitchens. Test those. There's a little test button on them. Test them, make sure that they trip, and then reset them. That's, you know, they go bad after a while. Just because they're installed doesn't mean that they're good forever. Um, usually, whenever I do a, um, a building inspection with clients, I mean, almost always there's a bad GFCI. Yeah. So just check them. They're not a big deal to replace. Um, and, it, and it keeps you safe. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, checking those batteries, I mean, that's a thing. Even chimney sweeps. You got a chimney. Yeah. You know, get that checked. So I think what we were talking about is there's just lots of tips, but then there's tips for outside your home, mm-hmm. you know, winterizing outside, taking care of the home. So I think on one of our upcoming episodes, I say let's hammer out a checklist and go over different things, things that you may not see, like you just pointed out, on these lists that we can share with you. Absolutely. Speaking of inside, you should be changing your furnace filters. But now and again, take your vent covers off, like if they're on the floor or on the wall. And if you have a vacuum that's got like a hose, ah. vacuum out those vents. You'll be surprised. Very surprised. Yes. And if you don't want to do it yourself, you can hire someone mm-hmm. to do that for you. But that's a simple trick. Save some money. Do it on your own. And I'm sure if you have kids, you can find a of stuff in those vents. A lot of missing things. Yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, thank you for joining us. This was fun. Um, We are excited to come back again with more info. So, again, I'm Jamie Knight. And I'm Jessica Lowe. (laughs) And you're at home with Jessica and Jamie. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.